0: What does it mean to be a Christian? We know that the word Christian means Christ-like, Christ-like in character, Christ-like in conduct with one another, Christ-like in conduct with this lost and dying world. But just as there are as many denominations as there are versions of the Bible, or perversions of the Bible, I should say, There are also different definitions and interpretations of what it means to be Christ-like in character and conduct. The message that I'm going to be preaching this morning is one that is just simply titled, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. Yes, it's the title to a children's song, but it's one that speaks a lot of truth. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. We're just going to be reading one verse there. Matthew, chapter 16. And we are reading verse 24. It says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let's pray. Our most gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time you've given us to gather together and worship you and we thank you for this message that you've placed on my heart to deliver this morning. Right now, I just ask that you would use me as your mouthpiece to speak to the people through me. Right now, I just yield this message to you, and I pray that you would work through it in the mighty way. And this, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Self-denial. That's the first step in living a Christ-like life. And it is also the hardest Because we as human beings are selfish and self-centered by nature. We are always looking after our own best interests, our own personal desires, our own personal wants, the things that we wish to achieve, the things that we wish to gain, the things that we wish to pursue. Those are the things that we're going to be constantly thinking about, dwelling on, and lingering on. But as we also know, The Christian life helps us embrace the purpose that we were created for, and that was to worship, honor, and glorify God as it was originally intended for us to do. But in order to do that, there's some steps that we're going to have to take to be able to do so. The first step, of course, is receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior. If you've not done that, then you're not going to be able to do these things that I'm about to mention. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Notice the wording there. It says should not, not shall not. Because you have to believe in Jesus Christ. You have to receive Christ in order to be able to live an everlasting life. It's not something that is just automatically given to you when you're born. It's something that's given to you when you're born again. It's not something that you can earn. It's not something that you can work for. It is something that is freely given to you when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. That being said, once you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, these are the steps that you have to take. Step number one. Looking at the first part of Matthew 16, 24, it says, If any man will come after me. Jesus here is specifically clear on who follows who in the believer's relationship with Jesus Christ. He does not follow us. We follow him. Not once in the Bible is there an account of Jesus following anybody. Jesus has set the path we are to follow. He walked it first, so we're coming after him. Matthew sixteen twenty four. it says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Mark chapter 8, verse 34, it says, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And in Luke chapter 9, verse 20, verse 23, there we go. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Right here, the first three books of the Bible. I'm not three books of the Bible. Three books of the New Testament. Jesus says three times, if any man will come after me or whosoever will come after me. John the Baptist, he said, he that came after me, meaning Jesus Christ was born after he was, he that came after me was preferred, is preferred before me For he was before me, referring to John chapter 1 when it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jumping down a few verses, it says, And the Word was was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the same glory as the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth and it also says that moses came with the law but grace and truth came by the lord jesus christ if any man will come after me again it mentions it three times in the first books of the new testament That we are to come after Christ. That is abundantly clear, and that is the first step. If you decide to follow Jesus, once you take this step, there's no turning back. Yes, you say you surrender to serve the Lord. Yes, you say that you surrender to serve the Lord for the rest of your days, doing what He has called you to do. But every day you have to make the decision to deny yourself, take up your cross. And follow Jesus. It is not a decision you make once. It is a decision that you have to make daily. The next step it says, Let him deny himself. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. This right here is the hard part denying ourselves, forfeiting our wants, our desires, our flesh, humbling ourselves in the presence of God. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. James chapter 4 verse 7 says submit yourselves therefore unto God resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's difficult to do this because we are sacrificing ourselves the very thing we do not want to give up, our desires, our wants what we want to gain, what we want to pursue, what we want to accomplish, what we want to achieve. These are the things that we have to give up on a daily basis if we are to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The next verse says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. These are decisions that we have to make daily To get up, to follow Jesus, you have to first deny yourself. Oh, but I get offended at this. I am upset at that. I am mad about this. Who cares? When it comes to the things of God, these things should be your number one priority. When it comes to the things of God, you need to sacrifice. That right there is the hard part. In order to give Everything to God, you have to give everything up. Look at the word Christian. Without Christ, I am nothing. Jesus said in John chapter 15, For without me ye can do nothing. We can't even breathe without God. We can't even walk without God. We can't even work without God. We can't even worship without God. We can't pray without God. We can't praise without God. So what makes you think that you have the right to get up and live for yourself day in and day out and be a lover of pleasure more than than a lover of God as a child of God? Oh, the more days that you go trying to live for yourself as a child of God, the harder the chastisement's going to be when it comes. Just like the harder it gets whenever you fail to confess something you did to your parents, whenever they find out days, weeks, months later, the punishment is going to be much worse than what it would have been if you'd have just admitted to it it in the beginning. I'm speaking from experience here. I've done that multiple times. I have yet to meet anyone that hasn't. And whatever you do, whenever you do get chastised, never say it didn't hurt. That is the biggest mistake you'll ever make. Whom the Lord loveth, the Lord correcteth. There is no way around that. And if the Lord isn't correcting you, you may want to check on what you're calling salvation. Let him deny himself. Peter, Andrew, James and John, Matthew. These are the first five apostles that were called by Jesus. These are examples of people who, upon being called, forsook all and followed Christ. Another example, closer to our time, back in the 20th century, we had Billy Sunday. He left his baseball career after he got saved to follow Christ, and he became one of the greatest evangelists in American history. We had D.L. Moody. In the 19th century, he left his uncle's shoe business to follow Christ, and he became one of the most beloved evangelists that we have ever seen. Those are just two of the more modern examples that we have of people that gave up their lives in this world to follow Christ. They laid everything on the line that people would be able to hear the gospel, that they would be able to share the gospel with others, and that people would be able to get saved as a result of the sacrifice that they made and would be inspired to serve the Lord because of the life that they led. And yet so many of us, it is so hard for us to get out of our beds and come to church on a Sunday morning. And yet so many of us, it is so hard to get off of our couches and come to church on a Sunday night. And yet so many of us, it's hard to just get in the vehicle and come down to church on a Wednesday night. Yes, we have the live stream, but nothing compares to being at church in person. We have Bible apps, yes, but nothing compares to holding a physical Bible in your hands. One day that privilege is going to be taken away from you. And if you can't even take five minutes to memorize a Bible verse... What are you going to have to fall back on whenever the Bible's taken from you? Sacrifice. It's what the Christian life revolves around. It is something that we have to give up our personal wants, our personal desires. I had desired to go into the field of computers. I had already been accepted into a college for that. In fact, I was the first member of my graduating class to be accepted into a college for their computer program. But God had a different plan. That summer, He called me to preach. And He placed it on my heart to go to a college that taught solely and exclusively Bible courses. That way I could learn more about the Bible so I could teach and preach to you all. Because that's what God has called me to do. It is what I am most passionate about. It is what I desire to do the most. Yes, I am just as human as the rest of you. I am not claiming to be a perfect saint by any means. I am just as human as the rest of you. I am flesh and blood just as you are. And I'm not using that as an excuse to live in the flesh. Or I'm trying not to anyway. It's a daily struggle, dying to self. And I am a very stubborn and prideful person a lot of times. Which I, which I would be safe to assume that we all are in some form or fashion. After we deny ourselves, the next step is to take up your cross. What does that mean? When we take up our cross, we, number one, we die to self. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, pay attention, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians chapter 6 goes on to say, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom the world was crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Die to self. Easy to say, but very, very hard to do. We have to do this daily. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 says to take up your cross daily. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. It says, I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. That right there is where I got the thought that we need to die to self daily. Why? I'm not saying put yourself on the back burner. No. I'm saying take yourself off the burner altogether. Because when it comes to the things of God, the things of God are most important. You need to leave yourself out of the picture. Number two, when we take up our cross, we die to self We identify with and fellowship with Christ's suffering. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. And that's what the next point is. Be conformable unto his death. Whenever we get saved, we become conformed to the image of Christ. Whenever we begin living the Christian life, Christ is starting to cut away and mold us into the person that we should be, the person that we will become. We are to become like Christ. We are to be like Him. We are to live for Him. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, "...for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain." 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. If anyone unsaved is listening to this right now, more than likely they are not understanding what I am saying because they have not received Christ as their Savior. In order to be able to live for Jesus, you have to be saved first. Saved from what? Thank you for asking. You're being saved from an eternity of torment. In hell. You are being saved from the penalty of your sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, as Romans 6.23 says. Number four, when we die to self, we are able to bear each other's burdens. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, "...bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ." Sometimes we say, get off the cross, we need the wood. Quit playing the martyr, quit playing the victim, quit thinking that you're the only one who's suffering, that you're the only one who's having problems, that you're the only one who's having issues. And consider your brothers and sisters in Christ. They have burdens as well. They have suffering as well. They have sorrow as well. That's why the Bible says to rejoice with them that rejoice and to weep with them that weep. That is part of bearing one another's burdens. Praise the Lord for answered prayer. Yes, pray one for another. Yes, bear one another's burdens. Talk about your burdens with one another. You'd be surprised how much just talking to someone or listening to someone talk makes a difference. Makes a difference. It could make or break them. It could potentially keep a person from committing suicide. It could potentially keep a person from making a decision that they're about to regret. It could potentially keep them from going down a road of years of depression because someone wouldn't listen to them. We have no clue what just simply listening and helping them bear their burdens is going to do. When we bear each other's burdens, we're showing each other the love of Christ. How in the world can we show the love of Christ to a lost and dying world when so often we fail to show it to one another. We're like, oh, we just need to show more compassion, and yet nine times out of ten, we're the first ones to stab another church member in the back. And yet nine times out of ten, we're the first person to talk bad about another church because they have a different approach. Now, if they are going according to the Word of God, then by all means, let them continue. But if they are doing things that go against the word of God, then it needs to be stopped, it needs to be shut down, and it needs to be changed. God said that His word ain't going to return void. Yeah, it's going to be tough at times. Yeah, it's going to be discouraging at times whenever numbers are down. But guess what? The Christian life isn't about numbers. It's about the individual souls. It's about people. We are in a soul-winning business. We are in a soul-warning business. We are in a business where we are lifting each other up. I say the word business very carefully because the church is by no means a business. It is a body. The moment you begin treating the church like a business is the moment your biblical view is messed up. And lastly, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and the last point and follow me. Only after the first two conditions are met, only after self-denial and taking up your cross, dying to self are met, then you're able to follow Christ. Fifteen times in the first five books of the New Testament, the Lord gives the command to follow him. I am going to run through these references today. Starting in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Going to Matthew chapter 8, verse 22. It says, But Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. In chapter 9, verse 9, it says, And and as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. He saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Matthew 16, verse 24, which is the verse that this sermon is based out of, says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Going to the book book of Matthew, chapter 19, verse 21. It says, "If, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all that... Go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. That is Jesus talking to the rich young ruler after he asked, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Perfection is an impossible standard for us to uphold. But as we live the Christian life we become more mature and more complete in Christ. Going to the book of Mark, chapter two. Book of Mark, chapter two, verse number fourteen says, And he passed by, and as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and said, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Going to Mark chapter eight, verse thirty-four. It says, And when he called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Chapter 10, verse 21. It says, Again, Jesus talking to the rich young ruler here. Then Jesus beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. He repeated the same steps to the rich young ruler that he repeated to his disciples. He did not make an exception for the rich young ruler's condition. He did not make an exception for the rich young ruler's situation. The standard for him was just the same as it was for his own disciples. Going to the book of Luke, chapter 5, verse 27. Again, with the call of Levi or Matthew, it says, And after these things he went forth, saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, Follow me. And the next verse says, And he left all, rose up, and followed him. Going to chapter 9 verse 23 and he said to them all if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me going to chapter 18 verse 22 again Jesus talking to the rich young ruler and it says now when Jesus heard these things he said unto him yet lackest thou one thing Sell all all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. The standard is still just the same as it was for his own disciples. Going to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse number 43. The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Going to chapter 12, verse 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. You want honor from God, you're going to have to honor him first. You want blessings from God, you're going to have to serve and follow him first. You can't just go haphazardly through life and expect God to bless you for the little things that you do whenever you are not wholeheartedly sold out for him, following and serving him. Yes, you wake up of a morning, that's a blessing, that's a gift. You breathe your next breath, that's a gift. You're able to walk, that's a gift. Able to talk, that's a gift. What are you going to do with these gifts? Are you going to use them to glorify God and be blessed in doing so? Or are you going to squander them and just scrape by? There's a difference between surviving and living. If you're just doing the bare minimum in the Christian life, I call that spiritual survival. You're just scraping by, doing what little you can to earn what little bit of rewards you get in heaven, but they're not going to amount to anything but wood, hay, and stubble because you're doing them for the wrong reason. You want gold, silver, and precious stones to lay at the feet of Jesus? You want crowns to lay at the feet of Jesus? Live for Him. Honor Him. Glorify Him. Wholeheartedly, sold out, die to self daily, take up your cross, and follow Him. Continuing on, chapter 21, verse 19 of the Gospel of John. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken, he saith unto him, Follow me. Verse 22, Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Don't worry about what other people are doing for God. Focus on what you're doing for God. Don't look on the things that someone else is doing. Focus on yourself. Follow God. Stay focused on God. Those are the references where Jesus gives the command for His disciples to follow him, And as you noticed as I read these verses, the standard remained the same. All across the board, all across the spectrum, it didn't matter what a person's situation was, what a person's background was, what a person got saved out of was, or what a person was getting saved from was. The standard was the same if any man will come after me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me on this note Paul wrote be ye followers of me as I am a follower of Christ There's a difference between just being a fan of Jesus and being a follower of Jesus. There's a difference there. i would consider your fans, let's say, the Sunday morning crowd. The ones that come and amen and root for Jesus while they're here. And then you see neither hide nor hair of them again until the next Sunday morning. I would consider a fan of Jesus someone that just picks up their Bible on a Sunday morning for church, a Sunday night for church, and a Wednesday night for church and just flat out doesn't pick it up again throughout the week. A follower of Jesus, however is fully immersed in the word of God. Day in, day out, constantly meditating on the things of God, constantly dwelling on the things of God, and as such not letting the things of this world get to them. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. That being said, Today, have you decided to follow Jesus?